Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. Law number 26, critical thinking and so much more. So John Matone's law number 26 states that critical and strategic thinking, problem solving and communication are competencies in demand in every profession. That's what we're going to be doing here today. So this is Rich and Michael with Mainline Executive Coaching, ACT Act. ACT also stands for Cultural Training Act. So we know as leaders, you must act. Today, we are talking about the actions of critical thinking as a leader. What is critical thinking? What is critical thinking not? Why is it important? And how do we use it to our best advantage and our organizations? So today, we have with us Christy Hope. In our last podcast, you met her husband, John Hope, an impressive man and a great guest. I'm sure John would agree that today we have his, uh, his better half with us. Yes? Okay. Hi, Christy. We're excited to have you here today. Uh, let's give you, uh, give us your 60, me and 60 seconds elevator speech, if you would, please. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me. And my husband probably would agree with you on that one. Yeah. So, But I think I'm pretty fortunate to have him. Um, so I'm sure John explained that we have a, uh, executive coaching business here in our new adopted hometown in Nashville, Tennessee, music city. And for everyone, music city is now open. So, uh, come on in. Uh, the music's wonderful. So, uh, we're, we're open for business. Um, so <laughs> in fact, we were just at a rotary meeting today and, and the uh, guy who's in charge of bringing all of those folks here was saying Nashville's ready. Um, but the, the leading with hope, uh, as I said, is, I mean, and let's be honest, if you have hope as your last name, you got to add that to the name of your company, don't you? Uh, and shouldn't we all prefer to be leading with hope than any other way? So we do executive coaching and uh, corporate culture, um, both the assessment and, and really igniting it. And one of the things that I think is is actually rather unique about us, uh, at least here in, in Nashville, is, is certainly the, the husband-wife aspect of it. Um, we find that especially important in workshop environments to bring both a male and a female perspective. Uh, it really kind of opens up the dialogue. Um, and then also... I've got 30 plus years in, in corporate uh, America, large companies, medium and small. And then John, of course, coming with a military background and a small business. We just have a really wide variety of backgrounds and experiences 
that really make the, the workshops work terrific uh, and bring out the best in the dialogue. So it's, it's a lot of fun working together on that. That sounds like a fantastic team. That's That's got to be a great winning team. Okay, then, uh, Christy, so tell us a little bit about this John Matone's Law here. Uh, what's the difference between, you know, everyday kind of thinking and critical thinking? The biggest difference between the thinking that we do on a, on a normal basis and that truly important times when we have to have critical thinking is bringing in objectivity. You know, so it, it all comes down to understanding what biases you may have uh, what biases those around you may have as they're presenting you information, and then being able to sort through all of that and come to a, the decision that, that is needed in a timely manner. Because that's the whole thing is you can't just wait to get more and more and more information to ensure that, that you're going to be making the right decision. Because no decision is a decision as well. And so unless you're, you're able to go and to very effectively and quickly assess all of that's around you and the biases that you have, the biases that those presenting you have, it, your business is going to really suffer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a big difference between some people who are really great problem solvers, great at doing the research, the figuring out. But sometimes it almost takes a different person to put it together than, you know, I'd say, now we're going to do it, make the decision kind of a thing, right? There's almost a different person. I think that's true. And, and I always say, you know, at, at the core of who I am is I'm a problem solver. I mean, that is just in my DNA. I, I can't come across a problem without already starting to solve it in, in 10 different ways. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that I was so pleased to be able to, to do this law with you is it actually drives my husband crazy. I mean, I, I am always solving problems and always solving whether you want me to solve them or not. I'm, I'm still going to come up with, with solutions. And, and so it's, it's just, it's interesting to me um, how you can bring together all the different um, personalities <laughs> uh, and backgrounds and such uh, in a way that is, is really effective. And um, I think a lot of, of why I am a, a and it's always been a strength of mine, critical thinking, problem solving is because you know, I do have an engineering background. I'm an engineer to my core as well. Uh, and so that's just inherent in how I do things. I, I, I take in the data, be it in a structured in an unstructured way. And then I act because I, I've, I have, um, I've already gone and figured out who can I trust? How do, what are their biases and take it in quickly and, and act because you, you really do. That's in the end. You just can't wait. Okay, good. That's that's excellent summary. Okay, so Rich. So thank you, Christy. Rich, you have been involved in manufacturing for a lot of years, medical manufacturing. And, and it is one of those things where you have to impose some sort of system on your thinking, right? So what kinds of critical thinking were you required to do in manufacturing and heading up the teams that you did? You have some... Uh, some ideas about the quality, the logics, and all that kind of stuff. Give some insight into that. You know, as a leader in manufacturing, and I was, my last role, I was a general manager for a medical device company. So I was, had complete P&L for the entire, and the entire office, entire Intermountain West, if you will, everything we did. In order to make those critical 
thinking um, judgments, if you will. It comes with knowledge and experience. You have to be able to understand every step of your process as a leader. Um, it's just it's just part of the, one of the things about being a leader in manufacturing and medical advice. Um, I had a lot of people around me who were very knowledgeable, very skilled, but at the same token, I was the one who was required to understand it from A to Z. And so if someone came to me with a decision or I, I got a call from a customer or we had a quality issue moment and I was required to make a decision or help make a decision, those were based on my understanding of the entire process, A to Z. Anything that that, that came up from, from production, supply chain, uh, the mechanical end, uh, the logistics end, uh, distribution, and not only that, understanding every single one of our customers and where you deliver to their point of, of service. They're all different. Um, in order to make those, those that critical thinking judgment and skills, you have to know them. Um, regardless of who brings you the information, you got to be able to disseminate that based on not only the, your knowledge of the system, but the data that you're given. And that data that you're given based on, you know, the problem that you have at hand, it really goes back to that experience to understanding how that's going to impact every aspect of that organization. And you never, ever really do have all the data. You never have perfect data, do you? There's always something missing here or there. You'd like to have a little bit more, but it never all shows up. You still got to go with, okay, at some point, okay, this is what we're going to do. And that kind of gets you into a, into a fine line in terms of uh, leadership. You can go with assumptions, and yet those assumptions have got to somehow be backed up with something, don't they, Christy? And that's one of the things critical thinking allows us to do. You kind of referenced that earlier. How do we make sure that we're not getting caught in our assumptions and are really moving ahead with critical thinking to get us to our best decisions? You know, it's really interesting you bring that up because I think we've all experienced a case where somebody that we know that we like says X is the answer. X is what it is. And so we tend to go, Oh yeah, I, you know, I like this person. And so if they say that this is correct, then it's very easy to go and make that assumption that it is in fact correct. And the vice versa, someone we don't care for, haven't had we've gotten that information in the past may come and say that same x it's it, it is the right thing you need to go and do this but we don't like that person or we don't trust that person and so it's that same thing but given to you by someone that you trust and given to you by someone you don't trust or don't like and because of how you feel about that individual goes into what you think about the information that they're bringing to you. And so it's those kinds of biases and, and assumptions that you have to be ever so careful of um, because those are the ones in my, in my experience that can really bite you the most. Yeah, it's an interesting thing about the kind of bias you're talking about. It also, it also can kind of get into the thing of, you know, am I running my, my company by, by, by principles? you know, and real policy that we've come up with? Or am I running my business for along the line of prejudices and favoritisms and and that whole thing about politics that, that kind of gets into that whole field, right? Okay, so here we go. Um, let's take this a little bit step further. Uh, there are oftentimes people bring arguments to us to persuade us. 
to show, say this is the best way to go or that's the best way to go. There can be a lot of emotionalism in that. It's, it's you know, and sometimes it's hard to to sort that all through. So uh, let's ask you this question, Christy. What and I want to hear from both of you actually. What do you then do? Let's get down to some of the nuts and bolts, nitty gritty. How then do you start sorting through those prejudices, those assumptions that you may have, those biases that you may have that keep you from seeing what's really there? I mean, how do you do that? That's not an easy thing to do. Well, you're absolutely right. It's it's not easy. And it's and and I don't think anyone would ever say that they're always perfect at it because you're you're not. Uh, and so I think part of it, though, at least for me, is is I remain curious all the time. I'm always going and, and trying to learn more and be more aware of not only myself <laughs> and, and what it is I, I do really know, um, but taking a real hard look at, at what don't I know. Um, because there's so often that it, 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 the number one person that you have to be truthful to is yourself. And, and you have to understand really where are my strengths and really where are my gaps. You know, I had a, a real aha moment uh, in my career because, as I said, I, I've always been blessed at being a, a very good um, critical thinking, coming up with solutions, solving the problems. But what I wasn't always good at is bringing people along with me. And so it, it was just another example of, you know, even if you get to the right decision, but you get to the right decision in the wrong way, that can be equally damaging. So it's it's a very, very, as, as you were saying, it's a very complex issue. I will never be able to get through all of it. Um, but it's one that if, if you don't address it and you don't consciously think, am I making this decision based upon legitimate, truthful data, or am I making this decision because... I like Sally or I don't like Tom uh, and, and really get down to those kinds of understandings about yourself. That's when you're able to make the good decisions. And that's when you really become a true leader. Yeah. The term is called logical incrementalism. And that means this, if you start at the wrong point, even though you get everything else right, it's still going to turn out wrong. So that, that, that move that you're going into the real problem of what it really is, that's that's critical. Rich, give us your insight about that whole thing, would you? You know, I'm going to flip this around. I'm going to flip your question around. And Christy mentioned something about trust and biases. What are your employees' feelings about you? What are their how, do they trust you? What's their bias about you? Are they able to come to you with the, the to lay these problems on the table in front of you without getting lit up? or being belittled or fear of, you know, why are you bringing this to me? Or you get the kind of person that they can come to and be able to set these things on the table and these, regardless of what it is and, you know, have, have a good discussion with you about them. I think that goes both ways, you know, trusting who's bringing it to you and also them trusting you. Are you the kind of leader? I ask these people, you know, they're listening to us. Are you the kind of leader that your people can bring things to? Um, I think that trust that that that's very, very important from both angles. And what you were talking about, you know, being able to solve the right problems versus starting in the wrong place, you know, using that data correctly and really analyzing where you need to start out that 80 rule. 
You know, there's so many different tools you can use. But again, uh, that trust and that that bias goes both ways in being able to be have an organization of continuous improvement, if you will. Mm. Um, are, are you that kind of leader, or are you just are, are you going to light those people up because you got the name on the wall and you know it all? Well, and what I'd like to add to that is, is those people, they're not leaders. No, they're, they're no. managers. They, they have some other title. Very few of us actually have the title leader. We have the yes. title CEO. We have the title VP or whatever. We don't have the title leader. That's something that you have to earn. And, and you earn that by, by gaining the trust of, of those that you are leading. They're the ones that, that bestow that upon you. Uh, and, and, and as we've all seen, those people that go out and say, I'm a leader, probably aren't. <laughs> You're right. Good point. All right. That's, what they need. That's why they need coaches. They need coaches. Executive coaches. Yeah, we'll turn them into those leaders that they want to be. That's right. Yeah, let's, let's take a look at that notion here. I, I like you brought that up about, you know, really needing an executive coach to assist you. That whole thing, really, when you take a look at it, well, there's it, there's a lot of data involved in it, right? The data, though, is just the data. What really is, you know, going to be handling, working, and dealing with the data is that leader, is that person who's in charge. And what really motivates and really what connects that leader to the job to be done and also to the people that they work with is that sense of an inner core, right? Who are you? How do you work? You know, what are your strengths? What are your gaps what it, what's really going on with you understanding yourself well and the motivation why you're in this thing working with the people that you are so all of this is what we're really bringing when we, we bring all the data the analysis and all this stuff to what the conclusion what are we going to do about it and the better you understand yourself as a leader and how you actually work now you may think you work oftentimes we think we work one way but we actually work a, another way altogether that can be a, a real moment of enlightenment when a leader goes, yeah, that's exactly how I did. I was doing that the other day with somebody. Is that not really how you work? They're going, yeah, that's right. I hadn't thought about it that way. It's a moment of enlightenment. So what about that? What about this thing of bringing it all together and, and being that leader that has the capacity, I'm going to say along with capacity, the confidence to do that. Rich, talk to us about that. Confidence, I, I think it takes more than confidence it takes the it takes courage vulnerability everything that we we talk about about being able to open up and really allowing people to see who you are uh, you know and especially you taking that deep look at yourself and understanding that how that inner core impacts that outer core and how everybody's looking at you they look at that outer core those critical thinking skills are part of that outer core but where do they come from how they develop initially, um, you know, being courageous, being being vigilant, being present in the moment, being being independent. I, I think that all goes it becomes part of this whole process. Right. And not only that, you know, we talk about being a leader. A leader, you know, by definition, is someone that's going to be leading others. Is that correct? So everybody needs to be on the same page. Same same page. In, tools that you can all use and all understand um i was i was a very big fan of uh, short interval control 
and using that every single morning based on a set of KPIs called SKUDA. Safety, quality, distribution, inventory, and production in that order. And that's that's the order of importance we looked at it. Um, day in and day out, we all were on the same page regardless. And so it's it wasn't about having to have a problem with putting out a fire. Everybody was on the same page to begin with. And I think that's what that's what it takes is is building that culture to begin with. And that 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 team to begin with. Does that answer your question or did I ramble there a little bit? It's okay. It's a good question. Good question you gave us. Christy, I'm good around. <laughs> that's okay. Christy, what's your take on all that? I know it's really interesting. Um, John and I did a, a workshop at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center uh, this past week. And so it was a, a, a bunch of folks that were um, starting their new businesses or have got five or six employees, maybe. Uh, and this was something brand new to them. We, we did MLEI with them. And they're all looking at us going, I'm a what? You know, and, and really diving into places that they thought that they were so strong. It showed, well, maybe that's actually a gap. And, and maybe you're, you've got some you know, derailing tendencies here. And, um, but in the end, they were all um, very glad of the fact uh, and courageous enough to recognize this is something I need to go do delve more into. And, and so we're going to be working with each of those individuals to help them really get a, a good understanding of what are their strengths, what are their gaps, and what are the ones that are really going to help their businesses to thrive and excel uh, and not be one of the, you know, as so many small businesses do, implode because they just can't get there. They don't have the right type of talent to lead their company uh, to success. Yeah. And the courage to see things as they really are is a big deal. You know, it's it's easy to go and hide. It's easy to tell ourselves stories, become a little delusional, a little wacky around the edges. That's an easy thing to do. You know, leadership can be a pretty heady, heady thing. So and I want to share one quote and then we're going to wrap it up here. This is something John gave us. It's from Aristotle. It's the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it being able to keep that objectivity about what's really going on here. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us today, Christy. You've been a real bright light in our day. And I give our best to John as well. If somebody wants to have that critical conversation with you about coaching, about cultural change, transformation, how do they do that? How do they get a hold of you and John? Well, we'd love for them to uh, contact us on our website. Our website is www.leadingwithhopeilec dot com and that's leading with hope ilec.com if they want to just uh, send us an email it's it's real complicated k hope at leading with hope ilec.com and j hope at leading with hope ilec.com so look forward to hearing from you all right very good that's going to be it rich would you take us home with this once again everybody thank you so much for listening to us today uh, if you have any questions, comments, you can reach us at MainlineLeadersACT at gmail.com. That's MainlineLeadersAct at gmail.com or RichBaron.IntelligentLeadershipEC.com. Once again, thank you for, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and take care. We'll see you later. Thank you, gentlemen. You bet. All the best. Bye for now. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, 
you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbarronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.